2: Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 362 and I'm Trev Denny in my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined for this show by Lisa Marie Hannan and by Cam Branch. And Lisa Marie, I have a question for you to begin the show with. It's a simple question, um, a, a binary choice. And I want you to say at the end of this clip, I want you to tell us which one you are and then i'll ask cam exactly the same question so here we go i think i have this pretty much good to go now
0: every relationship there's the person that does the dishes and the person that lets them soak right they don't let them soak they know you're gonna do them they just waiting you out. After a while you can't fucking take it anymore. They just sit there. You gotta go out and you start doing it. And then what do they do? They sit in the other room and they wait like they don't know what you're doing. And they wait till they hear pots and pans, and that's when the show starts. That's when they come running in like, what? Oh, I was gonna do those. Ah. Oh. And you're like, no, you weren't! They've been sitting there for eight hours. I got my hands in room temperature water, for we'll scramble next floor around. Don't gaslight me. You're a fucking animal. You a my animal. Get out of my sight. Don't yell at me. I, every relationship.
2: <laughs> so for uh, those who don't know, that's um, very funny. Bill Burr talking about um, uh, relationships. He's always quite good on the whole um, men, women thing. Uh, what, is the answer to the question I put to you. Are you the soaker or the doer?
3: Well, see, here's the thing. I'm kind of a little bit of both. No. <laughs> no. Well, and, and here, there's another part to that is we have always had kind of an unwritten rule that whoever cooks, the other one does the dishes. So that's kind of that. But I will do everything. But if there's been a... A pan or, or something that it's better to soak it a bit before you wash it I will do it and I, I just really will come back and then wash it afterwards but um, but himself rarely leaves things to soak even when he is doing the dishes he is he is and he also like we have a dishwasher and he he's much better now but I mean when we were first married, he hardly used the thing. He, like, practically washed everything by hand. And I'm like, we have a dishwasher. Because, see, my mother taught me that if it fits through the door of the dishwasher, it goes in the dishwasher. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> putting everything in the dishwasher. I mean, except things that you I mean, there's certain things you can't But I mean, I even, my good dishes, I made sure they were dishwasher safe when I registered for those things when I got married, okay? So.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Sean washes Everything except for like the plates and the utensils by hand. So anyway, just a difference in approach. What well, about you, Trev? Are you well, the soaker? Are you the the other?
2: I'm very much the dishwash dishwasher immediately um, guy. <laughs> I, I I I it's it's an illness. I won't lie to you. I don't I don't pretend that it's some noble virtue. I <laughs> we, if if there are people over in my house for dinner. I'm usually talking to them between courses from across the dishwasher uh, or the sink. Uh, I I just, I can't stand it. And when everything's, I I, I usher people, everyone just fuck off into the other room now. I'll clean up (laughs) and then I can join you because I know the kitchen is clean and I can sit down and uh, guzzle all the wine with you. But I can't do it until it is. It's just how I am. If I go out, I can't leave the bed unmade or any of that kind of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very much in that camp, to the extent that it's quite debilitating. You know, I remember seeing a movie...
1: Uh... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats by searching for Anfield Index.
2: Oh, my God. Was it, I think it's called Sleeping with the Enemy. And there's an Irish actor in it um, uh, who is playing the bad guy. And he has, like pretty bad sort of obsessive OCD situation going on and at one stage I think like the he, there are two is it two tea t-tails hanging down and one's slightly longer and he has to go back to the house it's a short story uh <laughs> to, to adjust the t-tails. I, I would be kind of in that camp so I'd be quite extreme yeah
3: it? my and, husband's uh, a little bit that way too although I will say children have lessened those type of qualities
2: he oh you, you you think because i found oh i know well oh, I, I,
3: I know I, see,
2: we used to
3: we used to have a book that sat in the upper right hand corner of our coffee table and he would always have it squared you know to the edge and i would come along and move it off center just to see how long it would take him to square it back that's and, mean um...
2: that's so mean <laughs> stop <was> that <laughs>
3: Well, here's the thing, you know, kids came along and he had to get, you know, he had to give that up because, you know, they're not going to leave things perfectly placed on the coffee table. Give mm. me a break. Mm.
2: So, See, so... I, I didn't, I didn't give it up. I didn't give it up. And <laughs> yeah, you I... only
3: had one kid, you know, yeah, I think yes, when there's but, multiples that, you know, because if you but, only have one, then you just have to wait it out for a few years. But, but when you have three over the course of, you know, a few you, years. there's certain things that
2: a few years lisa marie 18 years (laughs) 18 fucking years and by the way both of them are the messiest people known to humanity i'm not saying they're dirty i'm saying they're messy they just like to live in chaos and i was like
3: Oh, oh trust me i am i am raising people like that i mean i none of them got their father's extremely neat tendencies for order none of the three nada so and the oldest one just lives in a perpetual state of chaos i mean i can't even walk in to his room because and i'm not a total neat freak but I, ha, I do have certain standards so um yeah it, i've just given up
2: <laughs> cam what about you man where, yeah. where do you land on the uh on the the spectrum here are you extreme one side like me or are you somewhere in the middle like lisa marie
4: <laughs> um i'm a mixture of both of you to be honest um obviously to <laughs> soak first you have to cook right yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and you know how I am with cooking. So, but when I do cook, I will. I'm like, well, I've got hot food. I'm not going to go and wash the dishes. So I have to soak, eat my food, then I'll come back and I will wash the dishes all together. Mm. Rather mm. than do it twice, I will do it once. Once,
3: I you get know? that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. When it comes to little OCD things like what you have there, Trev and Lisa Marie's good <laughs> hubby has, I'm I'm like that with light switches. At the end of the day, so if, I'm the last, <laughs> if I'm the last one going up, all the light switches have to be the same way up or down. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, wow. So our living room and our kitchen, we have multiple entry. We our I living know. room, we have two. We have two entry points. So you've got light switches at each side. At kitchen, we have three entry points. but And again, light switches at, at all, all three sides there. Well, four entry points include the outside door. And then obviously you've got the upstairs, downstairs for the hallway. So there's me going around, light on, switch off there, switch light on there, switch it off there, switch light off there, switch light on there, then switch it off there. And I'm doing that before I come up to bed at night.
2: Two things I, I need to ask you. First one are you always yeah. last to bed
4: more often than not because there's the a high might, potential the kids, the kids might come down afterwards the younger yeah. one yeah yeah the, the youngest <laughs> girl i know she, she will come down and she will she'll she mess everything she will mess everything up but psychologically <laughs> i've gone to bed i've closed my eyes i'm now generally going to sleep quite quickly okay so okay. that's it so in my mind it's done but yes i know where you're getting at what you're getting at there because yeah that damn little brat will have messed up my um (laughs) and they they hear me do it they know i do it
2: i could just see you sort of lying there trying to close your eyes after a hard day work and then click and your eyes wide open and you're going fuck
4: but i won't i won't though because once the once my hearing aids are out i don't hear a thing Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's
2: that's a result. Yeah, that is a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I've
4: got a, I've got a version
2: of that because I've got really shitty hearing in my right ear. So it my if, if, even if, if I sleep on my right, oh uh, sorry, if I sleep on my left, I am not hearing anything. It's fucking great. <laughs> uh, except except for those intruder noises I heard last week, which had me. Yes, like, I was going to say my stabby um, stabby oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I heard mean, that yeah yeah that's uh so
4: it was did you find out what it was in the
2: end no man it happened again since so i'm starting to get a bit paranoid i think i might invest in um, a machine gun turret or something um i, I really Should don't you know sure
4: it's not the butler it's not the who the butler
2: no i've i've let i had to let him go we're we're in we're in pretty uh hard times here i've only got four oh, staff right. left yeah okay. yeah, yeah so they, yeah, it is difficult. And um, thanks for understanding my hardship. Um, I, do, I do appreciate I it. <laughs> um, I mean, you'll be growing your own food next, you know. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe you have a quote to start off before we get I into do. our Liverpool let chat. Me just,
4: let, let me just get out. So this, this sort of leads into something I was uh, just thinking about earlier. So um, before we came, we that is. so here we go. I'm a fully trained cosmonaut and I've completed 800 hours training, which has made me the number one civilian reserve ready to go visit the international space station. I'm determined to go up and I want to explore the moon, Mars and beyond.
2: Okay. Who is it that thinks they're going to get to Mars in their lifetime? Is, is this, are you asking us to guess who this is?
4: Come on. Yeah.
2: But is it, is it the obvious? Is it, is, it, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah? Is it musky yeah. boy?
4: No, 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 no. This is a, one of our heroes, one of the show's heroes.
2: One of the show's heroes wants to go to Mars.
4: Yeah, I'm beyond.
2: Don't tell me it's Brian Blessed.
4: <laughs> it's Brian Blessed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to admire that. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing isn't it oh um, i guess sorry Brian, but you're not going to make the physical for the <laughs> mars trip lad you know that's <laughs> so unbelievable but... well,
4: i'd like to see him make the physical for the moon trip you know be you know <laughs> le- le- baby steps trip baby steps
2: baby steps yeah there's no way we're not going to talk about the forthcoming moon trip um repeatedly on the show given my obsession with such things and um i i should state it is a little bit um a little bit talking out of school, but I should state the cam and the WhatsApp earlier on was um, waxing lyrical about the um, the uh, great um, power of astrology. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was absolutely it was absolutely a dig aimed at our colleague, uh, Carl, who um, would, would I, I could just I could just see his eyebrows twitching uh, as he was. Desperate to tell you that it's it's astronomy and uh, that you are uh, a bollocks, <laughs> um, basically. <laughs>
4: you know what? You know what I could see him doing. He would be sat there in his living room with his hat on, his Sherlock Holmes, his Sherlock Holmes hat on, and he'll take his hat off and he'll throw it on the floor and he'll go, "Damn you, brain cheat damn you so uh, that's what i can imagine Old uh, uh, hey d-
3: kid number two currently has an a in his astro- astronomy class astronomy astronomy
2: yes yeah. wow Excellent. Uh, i i i i, I uh, fair play to the kid um, <laughs> but if you're listening carl i have happen to think that astrology is far more interesting um then astronomy and i, I can I can uh, back up my case so there's a chat we could have at some point um <laughs> we'll get, that
3: yeah, the off season that,
2: yeah that could that could go uh, off the rails quite quickly um I want to talk to you about the pressing issue um which Cam, if you were working late you may not have seen um I'm off at the moment so I'm kind of monitoring my Twitter feed on a more regular basis than I would be and um, obviously Jürgen did a press conference ahead of the Monday Night Football with Leeds uh, that's coming up you know all the games at the moment are much of a muchness is about trying to get anything positive we can out of them I had a great chat a catch up with Jan last night and we just spent most of the show talking about you know who where we could improve the squad what could happen threw around a few names, looked at a few and he's got a great knowledge of 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 players in European football as well as with all the work he does as a pundit. So it was very interesting in a way that was quite relaxed. You know, everyone's very, very upset and 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 uptight about this whole topic now. And there's a lot of very real clear anger, disdain, uh, impatience Every sort of feeling on the negative spectrum you can imagine being directed towards the owners, being directed now increasingly towards the manager. Um, players are copping in the neck because of the lack of um, achievement and attainment this season. And we've kind of kicked this subject around a little bit, but what we haven't done really, and I'll start with you on this, Cam, just briefly to get your take. What we haven't done is talk about this growing, and it's real growing sort of unsettled feelings that people are having anywhere from a little bit dubious and unsettled to just straight out antipathy and and, and, and anger feelings towards the manager because in his press conference today he was talking about um, he made an allusion to how well we're not children You know, he was talking about a five-year-old and you ask him what he wants for Christmas. He says he wants a Ferrari. You go, okay, well, you can't do that. Now, a lot of people have interpreted that as him slagging the fans off. I saw Dave say something really interesting earlier on. Dave Dave said, quote tweeting that, he said, Jürgen, you do realize you're the toddler who wanted the Ferrari because he was all in on Bellingham, obviously. It's a really, really tricky position for the guy to be in My take on it is that he's having to manage expectations from the fans. He's having to manage expectations from the owners. He's having to manage expectations from the fans around the owners. He's having to manage a load of psychologically shattered, um, high achieving uh, players. And he's having to manage his own disillusionment, I would imagine, at what's going on. So I cut him a lot of slack. But well, he's wading into dangerous territory here. What what's what, what's what's your take on, on on the whole Klopp and any sort of culpability thing or Klopp being a company man? What do you think of that?
4: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent he is. I think he's um he very much toes the line of what the owners say. He he but then again he's he's the type of individual he, he won't throw anyone under the bus. Or oh, well I say that, but he hasn't actually. I don't recall a, a moment where he's actually specifically pointed out and said, "Well, Mohamed Ustako you you did that wrong, and I'm getting, you, I'm throwing you out of the club now." He, you know, he he he. If he's going to do something, he just does it, but he doesn't do enough of it, in my opinion. But that's sorry, just going off tangent there slightly. But he he, he he's very much. I think he's an FSG yes man um i think he always has been he's never he'll never come out and rock the boat he knows what he knows what the owners are about he's that's why he keeps signing new contracts it's it's not just a love of liverpool football club and it's not a love of six seven million pound a year pay packet whatever he's getting he he knows what the owners are about he knows how they operate he's known this from day dot since he's come in he's worked under these conditions you know why else were we only two weeks ago talking about smart recruitment it, it all ties in. It's it, it's all interlinked. It's interwoven. So he he's gonna he's not gonna just suddenly come out and say, well, the owners have suddenly done a one eighty on me. If that's what this is, you know, because obviously this is all alluding. All this anger and everything is going back to the fact that for two three years we've been spun the line about we're going to get Duke Bellingham or we're looking at you know we want the right player. They've never specifically said Jude Bellingham, but, you know, the line has always been that that's what, you know, that's what the feel is. You know, it's Jude Bellingham. That's what we're waiting for. That's the player we want. He's what we're going to, you know, he's the next step of the rebuild. But, you know, there's so many ways of looking at, you know, the news that came out this week about um, Jude Bellingham. It could be that they're saying to Dortmund, well, you know, uh, you've got to lower your expectations of what you get from because we know Jude wants to come to Liverpool. I believe Jude would uh, walk over hot coals if he had a chance of going to Liverpool. I genuinely do. I, I, just get that. I don't know why. I, I just get that feeling, just from looking at any social media post he's ever done with it within the England camp has always been with Liverpool players. Majority of posts. Why? There's got to be a reason for that. It's not just to wind the fan base up. You know, they know what they're doing when they do that. They know what emotions that's stirring within the fan base. So I believe he really wants to come to Liverpool. That's just a genuine hand on heart, you know, water in in my, flowing through my body, you know, running through my bones, whatever you want to call it, gut feeling. I believe Jude Jude Bellingham wants to play for Liverpool Football Club. The issue then is... It could be, yes, we put all our eggs in the Jude Bellingham basket and we were expecting to get him for, say, £100 million for for argument's sake. And we were prepared to do that. But Dortmund have come back now and said, well, no, we want £140 million now or £150 million. And Liverpool have turned around and said, well, we're not going to pay £140 million or £150 million. And to be honest, I don't fucking blame them. As good as Jude Bellingham is, It would be, I just think it's insane to be thinking of spending 140 150 million pounds on a player when we that's going to affect us to get other players in as well. That we need we could get three decent players in for that midfield, not top class players, but let's be honest, the, the smart recruitment that we've always done in the past has always been about buying the player that could have gone on to be that £140 million player or that £100 million player. Mo Salah, not long ago, was worth £200 million. There was no argument. There was no debate. He was the best player in the world. Sadio Mane was a £100 million-plus player. No argument, no debate. Virgil van Dijk, we paid £75 million for him. He was worth £100 million. Alisson, £65 million. He was worth over £100 million. That was smart recruitment. Now, if you're going to go out and spend £140 million, £150 million on a player, he has to be the finished article. Jude Bellingham is not the finished article. If you're signing him on a 10-year contract and you're going to tie him down for 10 years, that's £15 million a year, say, fucking do it. And you know you're going to keep him for 10 years and you're going to get him for the best 10 years of your life. Superb deal. Go for it. But How's that going to impact us going forward for the, for the, if we can't buy anybody else to complement Jude Bellingham? It's going to be a problem. So the, the club could be, they, they're trying to put Dortmund in a position now. We don't know what their end game is here. It could genuinely be they just turned around and said, well, we fucked up here. We thought we were going to get him for 70, 80 million. What planet were you on where you're thinking you're going to get in for 70, 80 million? It was never going to happen. Dortmund were always going to ask for 100 million plus for him. Maybe it's good. Then they just said, right, okay, we can't do it. Then there's all this business about, is the investment coming in? Well, if if the investment does come in, who's to say that FSG are going to invest that back in the club? They might just put that in their back pockets. They may just pay the loans off and say, "Fuck it, we don't have to put anything back in the club. The club's doing all right. We've got we've got our money. We've covered our three hundred million. We've covered our loans that we've uh, sanctioned. We've got a um, we've got um, a billion pound profit out of it still, or whatever. If they were selling a minority st- there's so many so many tangents from this little thing about what clop is or what Klopp isn't and Klopp is responsible as well for others at the end of the day if you can give the man plaudits you've got to be able to give the man criticism as well and you know i'll, I'll put that over to lisa marina how do you feel about that
3: cam's hosting the show now uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> well actually actually lisa Marie, let me just read what Jurgen said so I'm I'm accurate I don't want to be paraphrasing um he was asked about Bellingham he mentioned the player by name and he said look there's nothing to say about uh there's nothing to say about it to be honest we don't speak about players. We don't sign. Nothing to say about it. Now, of course, there's all sorts of language interpretations you could say there. Is his, is his grammar correct? Or is he trying But it looks very much like he was ruling it out, as uh, everyone was kind of expecting, as Cam has kind of underlined. He He continues, quote, I never understood why we constantly talk about things we theoretically can have. You have to realize that what you can do and then you have to work with it. Um, He continues, if a five-year-old child asks for a Ferrari for Christmas, you don't say, good idea. What we need and what we want, we try absolutely everything to get it. There are moments we have to accept this or that are not possible for us and step aside. Now, in the context of did we put a season on hold in order to get this one player in the way that we kind of went out in a limb and said, we're going to wait around, we're going to get Virgil van Dijk. And, and, and it happened a little bit sooner than uh, people thought. And, and and as a result, we've all seen what happened. We've seen the neglect of the midfield area and how how detrimental it's been to our season. Um, he's talking around circles here. I mean, he's not really helping himself out in this press conference at all. Earlier on, when he was asked about the Andy Robertson thing, and I know you want to fold that in as well, um, he said it had been dealt with really well. I mean, I want Jurgen out there just four square behind our players and everyone else is a prick basically. I want Jurgen saying nothing if he's if he, it, it, rather than trying to justify uh our situation as comparative paupers. When I mean Cam said it there earlier on, the world and his mother knew that we were in for Jude Bellingham. And Jude Bellingham seems to have a tremendous interest in coming to our club. The chats we've seen between him and Stevie Gerrard, all the constant picks with Trent and, 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 and Hendo, and, you know, it just, there was a great vibe about it. And, and people were allowed to get excited about it. And then to pull the wool or the rug rather, from um, under us and to pull the wall over our eyes and say, it does feel like a bit like gaslighting you know what, what you know kind of well that's crazy we can't operate like that he said at one stage oh it'd be lovely if we get six players for 100 million each but you know we can't do that um okay well then you know use your bloody minions in the press to brief about that much much earlier and to be clear about it. and i know there was that one thing where um Ornstein said it, but then he rolled back on it. So people have been allowed to get excited. And I think they have they've every right to get excited after the shit season we've had and the shit that's been served up to us. So are you starting to have a little bit of some of these sort of um, eyebrow-raising moments when you're listening to the manager talk lately?
3: I am. I am, Trev. And, you know, you at this point, and and I mean, I think we touched on this a little bit last week, I don't even know what to believe. You know, it's it's just... I would think that if we truly were not considering Jude Bellingham, you know, that talk should have been shut down six months ago. I mean, it's been going on for well over a year at this point in time. So why if if this wasn't the direction? I mean, even if we knew, say, in January that this wasn't the direction we were going to take, then then they should have started rolling back, you know, and. And just stopping the talk then, not waiting until, you know, middle of April to, to yeah, I just, it's, so I, I, I lean a little bit more heavily toward this is some sort of negotiating technique, but I still, do, that doesn't mean I, I absolutely think that we're going to get Jude Bellingham because I, I do think the price, you know, may just be too much. You know, I mean, for what we need, you know, because, well, and I believe I've said this before, Jude is a wonderful player and I absolutely would love to see him in a Liverpool shirt, but not to the detriment of, you know, the five, six other players that, you know, that we definitely need. Um, you know, Jude is not Jude on his own is not going to fix the problems in the midfield and, you know, and either and at this point, even other other parts of, you know, of the team. So. If it's Jude and only Jude, then that's, you know, that's not the direction I want. And, you know, so initially when I first heard it come out earlier in the week, I was like, well, you know, I think maybe reality has dawned that, you know, we're not going to have European, you know, we're certainly not going to have Champions League football next season, likely won't even have maybe not have European, any sort of European football. So maybe they're being practical. And but then the more I started thinking about it, I thought that can't have just now dawned on these people. But maybe it has. I, I, you know, I I don't know. It's it's just very frustrating. You know, it's just and I'll I'll be honest. I've just I've tuned it out a little bit this week. I mean, I haven't ignored it completely, but but I've kind of just backed away from it because it's just it just frustrates me. And we've talked in the past that <laughs> when these things start frustrating me. I have a tendency I seem to go one way or the other. I either go really far down the rabbit hole or I just sort of tune it out. And this week I've leaned a bit more toward just tuning it out.
2: I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, to be honest, because there's only so much we can do. And and, and there's only so much we can um, engage in these debates precisely because of that thing you just mentioned. Um, and it's the, the the reality that nobody knows anything. Stop listening to people. Stop thinking that they're <laughs> gurus. Nobody knows anything. Everyone is just giving their opinion. And some people's opinions are more informed than others because they're deeper immersed in the facts and the history. And one thing I've learned is if you want to understand the future, you got to look at the past. That's just the one one of the things I'm looking for, I'm, I'm increasingly discovering the more I read, the more I understand that as a thing, so some people are basing their opinions on what has gone before, and I think they're wise to do so. And so some people's opinions are more informed, and therefore I will have I will give them more credence. But at the end of the day, nobody knows anything. And when you're in that situation, you have two opportunities, to, the two two choices. You can do what Lisa and Marie and I think Cam and I are doing to a certain extent, which is you skim it, you inform yourself. And then you fucking go outside or you go to work or you stick on your earphones and you certainly don't. Do, I've I've seen one or two people, really sound lads that I know on Twitter, a couple of lads, one, one of them around, around about my own age. And I can just see, I know they're just suffering at the moment. They're just got, really going down a bad rabbit hole with this and i feel like reaching out and saying look lad, there's nothing you can do just try and let it go and i just i would i'm not that condescending i'm i see people all the time um making these kind of suggestions uh to other people online you know if you know and it probably comes from a place of good will and good heart but if you're in a funk you don't really want to have a chat. You don't want to hear, hear someone tell you that you need to just calm down a bit. You want to just shout into the ether. That's what Twitter's for. Um, it's for.
5: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Information, it's for having fun, but mostly people use it, it seems, increasingly, including the owners and the people who create the algorithms self-admittedly, it's used to create anxiety. That's that's how it's done. It's driven that way. If you don't believe that, just go and do a little bit of research on it. Listen to what the people who put these things together, these platforms together, specifically Twitter, but also Facebook. Um, And I think to a lesser extent, TikTok. Just look at what they've said. Look at how they said they would not let their own children use these platforms. Look at how they said the thing that drives your interaction is you being anxious, upset, angry, doom scrolling and shouting into the ether. So that's why I can't ever let myself take it that seriously. I just can't because you're you're being funneled through a, a, a negative tunnel and you will see stuff that's going to make you fucking want to shout or punch every day i see lads saying things and they're good lads and good good ladies and they're saying things that i want to just say you are an idiot stop talking you don't know what you're talking about that's just stupid i roll my eyes and move on and cam i i know that you've adapted this policy with social media as well and it's not coming from a place of any superiority. It's just like, Jesus, just for self
4: preservation, you can't engage with that. You, you can't engage with it. Right. I, well, this is why I'm, I know I don't engage on social media. Anymore. I still browse it. Don't get me wrong. I, I do go on, t- I do go on Twitter pretty much every day, but I go on Twitter to try and get my news. Um, I, but I'm not, in, I've stopped engaging. I've. I've, I was going down those rabbit holes, as you were saying, but I was going down political rabbit holes. Yeah, that's, getting that's
2: more, where I was going. Yeah.
4: yeah, I was getting more and more angry with, you know, society as a whole and what we're becoming. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was looking at quotes earlier, and so I, I was trying to find something on Gollywogs because of what's going on in the UK right now regarding that.
1: Yeah.
4: You know, I mean, you know, I could... go. I mean, I'm just going to I'm just going to say this because I've touched on it now. The Home Secretary of the UK is playing to the racist market. She's a racist. But, you know, I'm just going to say that because of what she said about what she's saying about gollywogs, and it's not a question of what gollywogs are. But you know, at the end of the day, if I went onto Twitter and I started throwing my two pence worth in there as well. I'd be on there all day and all night, and you've got to you've got to, you've got to draw a line somewhere with with social media, especially. I mean, Facebook, for example, for me at the start was about finding old friends and engaging with old friends, posting you know your holiday snaps on there or your birthday party pics or you know the cake you've made or whatever. You know, not that I make <laughs> many cakes and. And and you're right, it's become poisonous. And it's, it's a deliberate policy of, like you say, of those who run these platforms. Because what does that poison create? It creates engagement. It creates clicks. It creates advertising revenue. And that's all they're interested in. They don't care about you or me. They genuinely do not care about you or me. All they care about is their back pocket and the bottom dollar. And you've got to try and disassociate yourself from it to a certain extent and just try to get the balance right you know engage have a bit of fun you know enjoy it interact have you have your discussions like we have these discussions here this is my social media bit now doing this you know with you guys maybe in the odd whatsapp group with like-minded people but if you're going to get if you're going to go onto social media and you're going to start engaging and you're going to start being angry. You're not doing yourself any favours, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And it's very easy to get caught up. And I've had, just to give an example, that I'm not just talking shite. Over the last two weekends, I've woken up on Saturday morning to some absolute fucking clown, some imbecile just coming at me about something that I said. Um, not un- not having understood it, uh, wandering around like a child with zero frame of reference, zero understanding of what I was talking about. And you find yourself really, I am, because I'm kind of spiky like that. If somebody comes at me, I don't deal. Um, I'm not I'm not I, I, I wouldn't be quite Buddha like um, I'm not afraid of confrontation, I suppose is what I'm saying. Yeah. But online confrontation is absolute nonsense because all you do is get yourself furious and there's no payoff you can't even get to see someone's face so i mean the the whole point of that is just The I, 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 long story short i had a little bit of a, a chip back and both times i caught myself and said yeah just leave it trev just leave it you cannot win an argument with an idiot you just can't and you certainly can't do it online and <laughs> um, there is no way of defeating an idiot online because he's sure he's right and therefore um it doesn't matter what you say so just you gotta you gotta you just pull out and and, and st- step away go out into the air breathe some uh oxygen and you know move on and i just i i really feel for a lot of people that's and it's I, i want i mean this it's coming from a good place i just feel really bad for a lot of people who are totally caught up in this um and they feel like they need to posture one way or the other on it and it's just um it's 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 really counterproductive
4: you know what i had a thought earlier trev you know if there's something that i could bring back and and then there was something i could take away okay I'd bring back C-Fax. You remember CFAX, don't you? Hell yeah. Yeah. I'd bring back C-Fax, and we'd have the gossip page on page 316 or whatever it was. 312, 316. I can't remember the page number. And just get rid of social media in the respect of you can't talk sport or politics. It's meant to be a happy, fun place, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and 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 CFAX, you'd be looking at the gossip pages and you'd be like, oh, we're linked with this player. Oh, how exciting is that? And you go and talk to your mates. Look, on CFAX, it said, we're linked with this player. What do you think? But we're, it's only about being linked. There's none of this drama that goes with it. And that's the problem. It's become a circus, it's become drama. And um, we become too invested in who we sign. And it's, it, and it, it comes from a good place ultimately because every fan just wants their club to be the best football club in the world. They want their club to be top dog, winning every trophy. And, and, and I think what hurts Liverpool fans right now more than anything, we should have had so much more. We could have had yeah. so much more.
2: That's it. That's the one that gets it. And that's, that's, and, it. And that's
4: that's the one that sticks in your throat. That's the claw in your throat, isn't it? And that's where we're at. And that's and that's why it's hurting us now because we're like, we had the best manager in the world. We had the best football team in the world. We had the best football team in the world. Official. And we yeah. didn't capitalize on it. We win the Champions League. We sign nobody. We don't win the cha- we don't qualify for the Champions League. And we're still not gonna sign nobody. Get used to it. That's what we are. Why are you getting so het up about it? When it, they, these owners are not going to change, they're not going to change. They are what they are. We know this. I mean, I was listening to D- uh, Dave's pod this week um, on Wednesday. I think it was uh, the daily, the daily one he does, and it was like about how. Um, sorry, I was banging the table there, guys. Um, and it was about how. Um, <laughs> uh, these owners and their net spend and how they they don't do anything he's 100% right then I was listening to Dave Davis and Dave Lynch today in Media Matters about the Jude Bellingham stuff and again you know they're on point you know but we're going to keep going around in circles aren't we and that frustration is only going to eat at you it's only going to gnaw at you where's that going to get you
2: well, you know where it's going to get you because <laughs> this is the whole thing. This is not coming from a place of um, of superiority because we, we've all been there. We've all gone down those rabbit holes and we've all been lost to it ourselves in various times. And, and so so we know what it's like. And it's just um, it's, it's just maybe you'd be listening to the show and you go. Maybe you, you, you're just thinking actually they're talking a bit of sense there maybe i'll i'll, I'll ration the amount of time that i'm on there and, and it just might make someone happier that's the only point of the discussion to be honest with you um i do want to finish i'll
4: come back online if they need to talk to me i'll happily do yeah it. Well, yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. but but th- th- to finish on a slightly upbeat note because there are a bundle of fixtures left and we kind of half alluded to the fact that we might do this last week. I just want to have a quick look at the clock here. Where are we? 41 minutes. Yeah, we're good. We've got time to do this. Um, and for the record, <laughs> we currently sit eighth. Uh, 29 games played. A point ahead of Brentford, who have a game more played. But sadly, two points behind Brighton, who have a game less played. We are also... Um, three points behind Aston Villa who have a game more played so they're catchable and we are read it and weep we are nine points behind Tottenham Hotspur who have a game more played which even if we win that game means we are still six points behind them in fifth and Manchester United, who are currently the um, team in fourth spot on the same amount of games played as us, have 56 points, which means they're 12 points ahead of us. So I want to have a realistic conversation with all of you, or with all of you, all two of you, about <laughs> the um, the realistic objectives and goals for the season. I want to do it in the context of a little bit of good news, Jürgen described Diaz as 100% today. We've got Thiago back. Everybody could see the difference Thiago made against um, Arsenal. Um, So Thiago and Diaz make us a different team. And Thiago and Diaz allows us to try something that we haven't seen yet, which is Diaz one side, Mo the other, and Darwin through the middle. We haven't seen that enough, I mean, you know. Uh, and maybe someone playing off that, or maybe our three then is a bit more effective in the middle uh, with Tiago and and, and Fab and whoever the hell Jurgen chooses there. So we do have the potential for some joy in our football um, in the remaining games. Let me just outline for anyone who's interested what those games are. We play Leeds on Monday night, uh, the next Saturday, Uh, that's at Leeds by the way the next Saturday we're at home to Nottingham Forest the following Wednesday we go to West Ham we're then at home um, four days later on the Sunday to Spurs at Anfield we then play on the 3rd of May so what's that, another four days or so we play um, Fulham uh, at Anfield we then play Three days after that, on the 6th of May, we play Brentford at Anfield. We go to Leicester on the 13th. We play Aston Villa at Anfield on the 20th. And we play Southampton away on the last day of the season on the 28th of May. Now, in a normal situation, Leeds, Forest, West Ham, Spurs, Fulham, Brentford, Leicester, Villa, Southampton would be skittles you would expect us to topple. We have the ability within this team to get into some sort of form. So I have two questions for you and Lisa Marie I'll go to you first on this. Um, Do you have any realistic expectations of us getting the big prize or do you think that's absolutely done and dusted given the stark facts i quoted at the start and if not do you have a preference considering the impact it might have on the team do you have a preference to completely avoid it or do you i'm finding myself getting a little bit sort of more positive towards the concept of the Europa League, that other one can go fuck off. If we end up in that, I don't know what, I I just hope he puts out the the kitchen staff and we go out of it as quickly as possible. But I'm kind of having a bit of a revisiting my concept about the Europa League. It's, it's, It's competition that I'd like us to win for completion. And I think that might be achievable, but it's your opinion I'm interested. Lisa Marie, can you hear me?
3: She's on mute. I can. I muted myself when there you go. the cat jumped up on my desk. And anyway, sorry. So um, regarding the remaining fixtures and where we might end up, I think I am relying not so much on what we can do, but on what imploding those above us might do. Um, you know, We're hoping, I, I, you know, Spurs does the Spurs and United has now picked up some significant injuries. So, you know, some of these things could work in our favor. Um, But I think they need we need those to work in our favor, along with us winning all our remaining fixtures, really, for for it to happen. So I think how the game at Leeds goes on Monday is going to be kind of telling how the rest of it goes, um, because it's an away fixture, which we have been crap at all season. So I think if we could build off what happened, um, at the Arsenal match on Sunday and could take that into the Leeds match, um, I mean we we should be able to beat Leeds they're you know they haven't been great but, but that has not meant anything so yeah this season on form that that doesn't mean anything so i i don't know i i i really think it's i want to see what happens monday before i really kind of have any hope that you know we we can you know i mean a lot of it's out of our hands it's not so much if we can win all Our remaining games, but it is very much going to depend on what those above us in the table do Um, so that it is what it is. As far as the Europa League, you know, I was initially, you know, I don't really. Last time we were in that competition was when I was just really kind of starting to follow Liverpool. So it didn't necessarily mean anything to me. And so a lot of my opinion of it has been colored by what I've been hearing others say, and, you know, oh, we want to avoid that and, and everything else. But, but I'm leaning a little bit more toward the way you are, Trev, you know, the conference. Yeah, we forget that. You're right. let put out the, you know, under 23s or something. But, but as far as the Europa, I mean, if we do, if that is where we end up, you know, I would like for us to make a solid effort to try to win it i mean if we're going to be there then we're going to be there and you know and even if and someone please correct me if i'm wrong because you know i don't necessarily always not but if you win that that's a that's a that's a bid into the champions league correct
2: it certainly was but they keep okay. changing these things
4: so your no, gotcha. open gotcha. league is you win that you go to
3: champions league. you go to the champions yeah league so you know i mean if we could kind of you know that might take a little you know if, if we're looking to where we're going doing well with that it could take a little pressure off of you know the top four finish i don't know i mean that's just you know i'm throwing my magic eight ball out here on the counter and that's for know. next
4: season though, isn't it? <laughs>
3: exactly exactly
4: oh so you're you're already putting this down for next season then <laughs>
3: exactly you're so, preparing
4: us for the worst that's good i
3: know. Not preparing, it's no, just no, to, we, we being That's realistic. What look what happened, look what y'all have done to me. I've, although I'm certainly not as pessimistic as I was last week, I, I think Trev was a little worried about me by the end of last week's show. um I was worried about me by the end of last week's show, <laughs> 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 it's a little bit concerning. Um, so yeah I you know I I think there's just it's it just falls into the old we've just got to play the games in front of us and and I mean I think if we if we can do well with the remaining fixtures you know there's still that shout but but I think all we can do is is play out this season the best way we can I mean I think for that overall mindset of the team it would be Good for us to finish strong, I mean regardless, even if we you know we miss out on even you know any of the European stuff, I think it would just be good for them to finish the season strong and in a more positive fashion to go into the off season and next season,
2: Cam, let me run that let, let me run that towards you that same question I mean, what do you think is possible? Uh, what would you be um, happy with? First of all, do we rule out the um, Champions League as a concept? Because let me just look, at a stark fact is we're currently on 44 points. If we get all of the points remaining to us, um, which is uh, 27 points, unless my math has gone atrocious, that's 71 points. And most seasons I think that would be close to, yeah close close to champions league and it would ima- i would imagine it would get um get europa league because it would it would mean that in this miraculous run that's come from nowhere of nine wins in a row we would have beaten a couple of the teams including Tottenham and Villa who are in the running for that currently um so that's interesting uh for sure um but i don't see how uh, the, other, the 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 really big goal is attainable how are you feeling about about all of those questions? What do you think is achievable? What's not achievable, and um, what would you like to achieve?
4: I was just about to go on um, the bookie sites to see what the odds were for winning the next seven, eight, nine games. You know, see what odds you would get, and you, it'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You wouldn't, you wouldn't put a bet on it. It'd be no. you'd you, you just you're better off buying a lottery ticket, the odds would probably be better. And the lottery is, what, 16 million to one now, 18 million to one. So um as much as uh, only a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was saying, I still believe we're going to get top four. They've not done anything over the past three or four games to suggest that they're going to get top four. They've done nothing. We, we came from 2-0 behind against Arsenal at home. Arsenal should have buried us out of sight first half. Fact that we went in, well, well, we went in at two one, didn't we? Um, it, you know, we got the goal. Did we get a goal before time? Yes. Yeah, we did. Well, we did. Most we did. goal was right yeah, at the most. end. That's right. Yeah, forty second minute or something, wasn't it? So, um, the fact that we managed, you know, to get a goal and then obviously dominate the second half, I think is completely irrelevant. We we've Had a brilliant record at home this season. We've we've got the worst away record in the league this season. There's nothing to suggest that is going to change. We beat Man United 7-0. The next game is Bournemouth away, and we lose 1-0. So that tells you everywhere we are now for this season. You can forget Champions League. As much as it pains me to say, we're not doing Champions League. Now... Going that you can go and go back, well that's gonna impact what we're gonna do in the summer. It's not gonna make the an iota of difference, honestly. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not it's no. Not, it's not because Great. like like I said, we win the Champions League and we spend six million. You win the Champions League and you spend six million. So I'm sure we we'll spend more than six million if we don't go into the Champions League, you know. We spent six million. We went on and won the league. It's just nuts what this club has managed to do with this manager and owners and everything. So, but we're not going to get Champions League. So forget that. Europa League, fifth spot, Tottenham. Um, we're not playing top We are playing Tottenham yet, aren't we? We are, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yes. We got, and we've got a game in hand, you said. And then and we're nine points behind him. And then... We've got a game in hand. Could be six points. Beat them, it could be three points. Tottenham wobble. Possibility. There's a possibility, yeah, that we get the Europa League spot. But a faint possibility, yeah? Europa Conference, whatever it is, God, no. That is just, for a club of Liverpool stature, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry, but that is embarrassing. We, you, you don't want to be in a third tier competition. It's not like it was the old days where it was um, Champions League, UEFA Cup, and then Cup Winners' Cup. You qualified for the Cup Winners' Cup because you won something. You know there was a there was a reason it was called the Cup Winners' Cup. This Conference League is it's just it's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. You can see you can see what that's done to West Ham this season. Last season, West Ham were really good. They're playing good football, though. You know, people saying again, oh, look how good David Moyes is as a manager. Well, you've suddenly given him that conference football this year, and their their league form suffered. I'm not saying that's gonna happen to us going forwards. we we've got a better manager, we we should have a better squad than that. We you know, we're used to playing those competitions, well, we're used to playing in Europe. The problem is, you're playing on a Thursday night, and then you're playing on Sunday. The teams who who you're playing on a Sunday have had extra rest time in between. They haven't had that travel, you know, and we're at a disadvantage again in the league. It's a, it's a, you know, which is the same as a, I mean, but I've, haven't they with the Europa League this season started doing their Champions League nights as well? Some of the games? Yeah, but you yes. you
2: you recall Cam, um yeah. when. Steven, Steven Gerrard famously said once, I don't want to wake up in the morning and be playing Thursday night football. don't want to wake up in the in the, in the Europa League. Now, the only thing I would say about it is, as a, as a kind of completist, I'd love us to win that trophy if that is an attainable thing. It gives it thing. everything, doesn't it? It gives us the full set, right? Yeah. Because it gives us the full <laughs> set. And it's also a beautiful trophy. We've got real history with it as a club. Um, and Jurgen and then
4: the UEFA Trophy. UA yeah, but trophy. It's, yeah. it's
2: the same trophy, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 Jurgen's got unfinished business with it in terms of uh, that was the first, finally lost, wasn't it? No, second one. Feel, Yeah, yeah. So well,
4: so well, as in, no, he lost the uh, Carling Cup, didn't he? The
2: Carling Cup, Manchester yeah. Manchester so, City, so yeah. but that that I I I I did. I was. It's one of the real low points of what has been a wonderful stint. Um, was losing that Europa League final, especially after after Danny Sturge. No, yeah,
4: I was just going to say the same thing.
2: What a goal! So, yeah. so for me, I I, I'm, I want something to hang my hat on, and I think every year we've managed to achieve something as the season's running to a close. Even with that horrible year where we were decimated with injuries, we yeah. got that Champions League qualifying spot, and I think. Europa League would be a thing that we could say all right it's going to keep us in the in the rhythm of playing European football yes. um, and it will give us an opportunity to say to whoever well we, we've we got European football and yeah. someone might say well yeah on the proviso you know we, we, we you know it might just open up a, a couple of doors with a couple of signings as well that you know we've talked already about <laughs> may or may not happen but if, if to sum up then cam just so you lay your cards on the table as well is that a thing you really like or would you would you just maybe prefer to go the guy drinkle route and just bump ourselves just out of all of that and, and regroup
4: um you see the issue i've got is oh how do, how do i put this when we were playing at our best the games were thick and fast. Yep. And we, when we were having breaks in between games and we were saying, oh, great, we've got all this recovery time, more yeah. often than not, we would have an absolute shocker of a game. Mm. Yep. So with that in mind, I'm thinking we need the games thick and fast. The problem is we don't have the players to play the games thick and fast.
0: I don't need a VPN. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
4: Currently? Uh, yeah, currently. Do you trust the owners right now to go out and get us... Forget four midfielders, even three midfielders this summer.
2: Cam, I don't trust him to get me a sandwich. I'll be honest, I've, compl- I've not. <laughs> and
4: and and that's the predicament. That's the dilemma. That's where we're at, then, aren't we? So if if we don't have the squad, we're going to be embarrassed next season. And it, what is that even worse than not being in it then.
2: So you're still dancing around the answer, the cards yeah, on the because, table. Because I can't, I can't.
4: <laughs> because, the, because the owners have shafted
2: us. But commit, my friend, commit. Do you want us to get your Open League football or not? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, I'll take oh, it. Oh, you do, you do. You yeah, do, yeah, you. yeah, I'll take it. Because at the end of the day, it's like you say, we're still then a proposition. United, for all their faults and whatever, they were still attracting players because they still had European football of some sort to offer them. Plus they play stupid. Stupid wages, of course. So, um, but we need to have we need to have some sort of carrot. Look, we we had a shocker of a season, but we still managed to get European football. Forget exactly. conference. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it, it's a it's a little carrot, isn't it? But it is. Is it is it going to be enough for certain players? It it might not be enough for say Jude Bellingham. It would definitely won't be enough for Kylian Mbappe, but it might be enough for Alex McAllister.
2: Yeah. none of whom will be getting but anyway Exactly uh...
4: you know (laughs) (laughs) McAllister's going City I'll tell you that now he's going City because I I think uh, LK Gundogan off to Barcelona he is that's
2: done I think
4: yeah and I think he's a perfect replacement there for him
2: yeah look I mean it it it, it was uh, I wanted I wanted us uh, just to have have it said so that it will inform our discussion going forward so we know where we stand in terms of games coming up and it'll, it'll put a little bit extra on them it is actually still quite a long shot um for us to haul in that fifth spot but I I think it might be doable if we got on some sort of a, completely atypical for this season run and maybe when the shackles are off maybe that might happen who knows but i'm just looking at the clock it's an hour past and i know i like to keep it roughly to about this time for this show people usually start to they they sort of psychologically invest an hour or so in a listen so we'll start wrapping it up and i know lisa marie you have something you want to finish with so we'll go to you last cam any final thoughts before we go
4: yeah, um just a quick one to all my Sikh brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, um, grandparents, uh Vadanya. Um I hope you all had a fantastic day today. Um may Waiguru bless you all and um big, big love to you all.
2: Tremendous. I echo everything the Cam said that I didn't understand, but it sounded good. And uh, <laughs> Lisa Marie, a final thought from yourself.
3: Yes. So April is Autism Awareness Month. Um, and I think I've probably mentioned in the past that my oldest child, my oldest son, Rory, is on the autism spectrum. And I just really wanted to call attention to what we've been seeing more You know, just little things here and there for both Premier League championship just across the board and the clubs making accommodations for especially children um, on the spectrum to be able to come and enjoy the match days and make some accommodations for them. There's been several of the mascots that have, you know, walked out with the, the headphones on to help with the sound. And just all of this just really does my heart good because it, it's just those little things, and, and while people were certainly aware of, um, you know, autism as, you know, we were walking this journey with Rory, he is very high-functioning, so he very much always fell in sort of this gray area where just that one little of accommodation would have made all the difference in the world, but there just wasn't the understanding that he just needed that one little turn to make things easier for him so it's just nice that the rest of the world is catching up with what I've known in my house for for a while now and you know these kids these people are amazing amazing and they just see the world a little bit differently than the rest of us which often can only be a good thing so I just wanted with it being Autism Awareness Month I just wanted to kind of call out that you know every now and again the leagues they do things right and the clubs and it's just nice to see
2: that's a lovely sentiment um to finish on and yeah for what it's worth in my own line of work as a as a teacher in, in second level education uh the awareness has grown very 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 strongly um over the years i i think in a really positive way and we have all these accommodations for kids now and they can come and whether they're um wherever they are on that spectrum there's an awareness of them as a person and there's no difference made they just they get whatever they need but they are in the school community and I look around and walk around there 's one guy he he, 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 he I, gee, I just he's one of my favorite kids that i've ever taught he just he just runs around smiling to himself uh and he's a, he's a unit this kid he's a unit he's like <laughs> six foot he's brick shit house he is a big old guy, and everything from him to like you said Lisa Marie some kids who just don 't like the excess noise their, their and they're they're wearing their 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 ear ear protectors. And um, it's just lovely to see uh, these kind of, these kids being able to just have whatever sense of normality for what it's worth they can. And um, I think there was a couple of years there that we've all lived through, which is re- really, really hard and th- those kids in particular. So it's nice to see um, kids out in the fresh air and and, uh, pl- and just like I say, Enjoying whatever sense of normality they want to enjoy in their day So very well said on both of your accounts I'll keep it short and say to you that um, in case you were wondering uh, Big Yan is back in the fold and we did Malby on the spot our video version podcast that we've been doing since starts this season It's out in both audio and video It's great to have him back in the fold between now and the end of the season and um, He's now sporting spectacles Uh, like myself um, when we're doing the show. So that was a a novel twist. Uh, We had a good old chat and good crack. And just to flag up that young Hendrik and I are going to be doing a buzz tomorrow, which is going to focus pretty much on the career of Daniel Day-Lewis as our sort of starting point. So that should be a bit of crack for people Mm. who are interested in movies Mm -hmm. as well. A little bit of a, a little bit of distraction from the intense Liverpool stuff so I want to finish up with that I have been Trev Denny you heard Lisa Marie Hannan, you heard Cam Branch this is the Anfield Index podcast and we will be back with you next week
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show